We'll be in Philippians chapter 4 this morning. Philippians chapter 4. Okay, and I'll begin by reading um, verses 1 through 7. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Herodias and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help those women which labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Shall we pray? Loving Father, we do thank you for the words of the Apostle Paul as he writes to the church at Philippi that it is a reminder to us of your love and grace and mercies to us. And, Lord, that in all manner of circumstances we are to turn to you and to find the prayer and hope and unity of our faith in the church of Jesus Christ. I pray, Father, that you will bless your word today. Lord, that your Holy Spirit may minister it to us, that you will guide and direct in our lives that we may be faithfully representing you as your servants. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as we look at this passage uh, this morning, um, I've given the title, Beloved, Stand Fast in the Lord. And as we do stand fast, we find that the Apostle makes an appeal for unity in the church, or harmony, if you will, among the church as they were to serve the Lord and were to be directed in the laboring for Christ. And so this uh, appeal which Paul makes is one which should ring true to each one of us. Because if there is anything that the church needs, it is unity. And if there is anything that the church needs, is kind of harmony in its ability to work with one another and to carry on the preaching of the gospel of Christ with purpose and intent, and to the glory of God. And that uh, any kind of circumstances which might arise in the church, which might give some 
concern ought to be looked at and realized that our, our love and our peace and our unity is in Christ. And so uh, I'm going to give each one of these thoughts that I'm going to mention to you uh, along the phrase of in the Lord. In the Lord. And so first of all, we are to stand fast in the Lord. In the Lord. Now we know how important it is to be true to Christ. Each of you, I'm sure, wants to live your life to please God. You want to live your life in such a way that that you would be firmly grounded and settled in the Scriptures. And there's nothing so uncertain as something that isn't firm or solid. If you were... If you were going to walk across the ground somewhere, and especially if you were hiking or something of that nature, you'd want to make sure the ground is nice and firm where you were walking so you could keep your footing because you wouldn't want to twist your ankle or something. Or if the ground was too soft or something, you, you, you actually your foot might slip into the ground. It might... You might settle one foot down in the ground in a muddy section or a very boggy section of, of ground. So what do you do? You, when you're hiking, you look for a good path. A good path. It's a, a well-worn path. Uh, one that's reliable. One that's steadfast and sure. Well, see, Christianity is similar in some regards to this. We we believe that we are walking in the footsteps of Jesus. Now, Jesus uh, has shown us how to walk. And we know that as long as we are walking in the footsteps of Christ, we are safe. We're secure. And the way that we're walking is a steadfast way. That is, it is reliable. It is trustworthy. It is something that we can count on. And if, if, we, if we happen to step to the side one way or the other, you immediately know that you need to get back on the right path again because it's not as, as firm, it's not as solid, and it's more dangerous for you to walk other than in the footsteps of Christ as a believer. And so... Stand fast in the Lord. Look at verse 1. Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Now, unless we overlook the um, preface to what he is saying here, we want to mention those things. He calls them brethren. Brethren. And so they, he believes these believers at, at uh, Philippi are his brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters in Christ. And of course the idea of brethren takes in both sexes, male or female. They're brethren. Brethren we have met to worship. You know, we sing that hymn. 
And so he's talking about the whole congregation here in, in a very general way and, and in a very purposeful way. Therefore, my brethren, and it says, dearly beloved. Dearly beloved. He loves them. He loves them. You know, the congregation is supposed to be a group of people that love one another. And we are to be known as brethren who are dearly beloved. Beloved of the Lord, because Christ came and died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he died and he was buried and that he rose again. And he finally he ascended to the right hand of the Father. And there he makes intercession for us. We are his dearly beloved. And in the Lord. We are brethren in the Lord. We are dearly beloved in the Lord. And Paul goes on to say, For my joy and crown. And longed for my joy and crown. Now those two things are, um, we might say, subjective. Because that he felt them personally. They were his joy. Now, the joy of the Christian life is one thing, but the joy of, of knowing other believers, now this is important. In fact, you may feel all alone in a crowd, except you can find one other believer to have company with. Have you ever been in a room and you felt kind of like isolated because you didn't know any other believer that was there? But as soon as you found another, another believer, you immediately made a connection and you could, you could carry on a conversation and you had like interests and you like joy in Christ. And Paul says there were his joy. There were his joy as, as he loved them in the Lord. And crown and well, we, when we think of crown, we might think of reward, or we might think of the judgment seat of Christ, or those kinds of things. But we know that the crown for the believer is a kind of reward that we receive because we are serving our Savior. And so, I don't know about you, I'm, I'm not interested in gathering up jewels and golden crowns to put on my head. I, I just want to know that what I'm doing is really serving the Lord. And in that sense, I think Paul really is talking personally to the Philippian believers. They were his joy. They were his crown of rejoicing. Crown of rejoicing. The very thing that he loved and desired to know that they were his joy. And so he calls them brethren, dearly beloved. He calls them longed for. He says, my joy, my crown. And then he says, so stand fast in the Lord. In the Lord. Now we, we know that in Christ is everything for us as believers. To be in Christ. That is, we realize Christ is truly our Lord and Savior. And so, 
There may be many areas of agreement that people can have. You might agree on politics, though that might be a little bit shaky ground these days. <laughs> you, you, you might agree on, on um, food, you know, what you like to eat. Um, although there is a great variety of foods and I'm, I'm more conservative in my appetite. I'm like, uh, I don't know, my wife said I had an English palate. <laughs> like, <laughs> I but anyway, you might, you might agree on politics, you might agree on food, you might agree on finances, you say you ought to, ought to put some money away and save it for a rainy day. You might agree on things like that. But not everybody will agree with you on Christ. Because you have to be in Christ to agree in Christ. But as soon as you find yourself in Christ, even though you might differ on all of the other areas, if they are truly in Christ, you will agree. You'll agree that He is your Savior. You'll agree that He died for your sins. You'll agree that he rose again the third day and he's victorious over sin and death. You'll agree that he's gone to prepare a place for you in heaven, even though you don't have any idea really what that means, except that God said it and you believe it, and that makes it so. In other words, there is a body of truth in Christ that you agree with whether you agree on the type of food or the type of clothes you wear or your political persuasion or how you handle your finances or anything else, if you can agree as believers upon the, those things which are fundamental in Christ, it is in the Lord. In the Lord. Therefore, my dearly beloved and longed for, my joy and crown. So stand fast in the Lord. You see, that's where our feet are to be planted. It's in Christ. In Christ. You don't have to agree with the pastor on, on anything except Christ. As long as he's faithful in preaching Christ, then you have to agree with him. You may not agree with your, your husband or your wife on all points and issues, but if he believes in Christ and you believe in Christ, then you should agree with him. And of course, membership is like that. Membership in the church. You know, it's like that. Oh, it will be glory to be with the saints above. But the saints below, well, that's another story. <laughs> We don't always agree below, do we? But if we are in Christ, we can agree. Because it's in Christ. It's in those truths which are fundamental and foundational to our faith in Christ. And he tells them, stand fast in Christ. Stand fast. Don't let the peripheral issues be the, your main focus. Stand fast in Christ. As a church at Philippi, 
That's what he wanted. He wanted them to remain true to the Lord. He wanted them to remain standing fast in Christ together. In verse 2, he says, I beseech thee, Eurodius, and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind in the Lord. So in verse 2, the thing is this. Be of the same mind in the Lord. Stand fast in the Lord. Let those things, let everything else kind of fade away, but stand fast in Christ. The second thing, be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, Eurotius and Syntyche, they, why, why particularly their names are mentioned, it just seems to be that they happen to be two people in the church um, that were, dare we say, not getting along too well. Of course, I mean, that must be an exception, right? Got to be. <laughs> well, we kind of mean, mean that kind of jokingly, right? I mean, we know that you don't get along with everybody. I mean, hu- husbands and wives don't always get along. I mean, sometimes there's a little dispute about something or another. And you take a whole group of people in a church, you're bound to have someone who doesn't agree with somebody else. Well, here is Eurodius and Syntyche, and, and he says, and he beseeches, he says, I beg of you, I beseech you, I beseech you, Eurodius, and beseech Syntyche, that they be of the same mind. Now he had heard, he had heard that there was some um, problem between these two people. And he wants them to put aside those difficulties that they have and well now we should explore again in Christ in the Lord now again you people don't always uh, hitch horses as they, as they sometimes say we don't always uh, have the same viewpoint about things sometimes personalities come up and there's a little bit of a conflict between personalities or opinions and, and so on and so forth um, but Eurodius and Syntyche should be able to get along and to be of the same mind in the Lord. Of the same mind. Now, of course, the whole key to this is, is whether or not we are thinking and acting upon the mind of Christ. Upon the mind of Christ. Well... If I refer back to a few verses uh, in chapter 2, Jesus says in chapter 2 and verse 5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not something to be held on to, to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. 
So this was the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ was to do the will of the Father. The mind of Christ was to complete the very thing that God the Father sent him to do, to drink that cup of suffering, to take it upon himself, and to be known as a servant of others. And so we find that Jesus gave up much that he might please the Father. He gave up much. And so this is the idea of being of one mind in the Lord. It is that we must take upon ourselves the true sense of our being believers in Christ of being servants in Christ. And I'm sure that Eurotius and Syntyche had become, were good servants in the church of Philippi. Um, he just seems to indicate that they're not getting along. And I think it's important that we realize that our first priority is to have the mind of Christ in our servanthood. To have the mind of Christ. It's very easy to think about ourselves and how we want to promote ourselves. But if we really want to be an example of the Lord Jesus, then we will seek to have that mind of Jesus, that servanthood of Jesus in our ministry and in our walk of faith that we can truly demonstrate uh, that we are getting along and that we have unity in, in our churches. And so I would encourage you just to think about that a little bit. Um, not that you won't disagree with someone. We always have those moments. Not that you, the circumstances are always perfect. They're not always perfect. Um, but it is, can be, it can be true and always should be that we put our servanthood for the Lord first and let those other things um, just kind of fade away in, in the background. I remember years ago when I was pastoring in, in uh, Standish, Maine, in a small church called Oak Hill Chapel. Um, there was uh, about the same group of believers, uh, a few more, a few less sometimes. And... Um, there was someone in the church that was that got upset over something, and uh, another young cu- another couple that we knew uh, counseled with me and says, "Oh, don't worry, don't worry. That's just the foot. That's just the foot. The foot the foot is like that sometimes, and you just have to wait a little bit, and it will be okay. That's just the foot. Well." You know, it was right. I mean, it just... When we don't take it too personally, we can allow the member that is kind of acting up just to to let it be. Don't aggravate it. You know, if, if you have a foot that's giving you some trouble, no sense aggravating the, the foot, is it? You don't want... I mean, if it... I don't know you ever get up in the morning and your ankle kind of doesn't want to work. You kind of, 
You know, you say, oh, oh, I'm going to get rid of that today, but you sit down for a little while, and all of a sudden you find that it kind of dissipates, and it's okay. Well, you know, the body of Christ is like many members, right? You know, if we read that part in the Corinthians about the body of Christ as the hand and the foot and, you know, the various members of the body of Christ, well, sometimes the foot acts up. Don't get upset about it. Just remember, we are we're to have the mind of Christ, the servanthood of Christ. We are to be like Christ. And so he beseeches Eurodius and Synthike to be of the same mind in the Lord. In the Lord. And we can do that. We can do that. Because that is looking to the true example of our servanthood. That's Jesus. Thirdly, we'd like to look at verses 3, really, to the uh, end of verse 7, where he says, And I I entreat thee also, true yoke fellow, help these women which labor with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Now, here he begins to mention some other people that are serving with him. Um, Those are women which labored with him, and men as well, and he mentions Clement, and he calls them yoke fellows, and he calls them fellow laborers. In other words, it's like saying those who have, have not only worked directly with me or in some way supported the work that I am doing. Um, you know, the, the church is like that. The, you don't have to do everything yourself, and you can do things to support what other people are doing. You know, sometimes uh, really large churches, they have lots of committees you can be on. You can serve on this committee and that committee and you know, do different things and so forth, and that's good. But sometimes they need people to, to kind of uh, help in the background, you might say. Oh, just background stuff, that's what I do. You might get together a lot of resources so somebody else can do the work. Um, you might prepare things for, for meals, but you don't actually serve the meal yourself. You just kind of put the things together and make sure the right people have it. Or you may uh, do work with the Sunday school teacher. The teacher may do the teaching, but there you are in the background and you're, you're aiding and helping and trying to get everything ready so the teacher can teach. And, um, the same thing goes on with the pastor and various things that go on in the church. The, the pianist plays, and 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 if the pastor don't have a right song, we get a song and make it work. <laughs> well, everybody is supposed to be working together. Those who are working directly true yoke fellows, those who are really close to, to, the, to the work of the one who is serving, and those who are 
in the background, doing background stuff, you might say, supporting others. And he says, I entreat thee also, true yoke fellows, help those women which labored with me in the gospel. So he mentions the women. Women are very important, you know, in the church. Extremely important. And having uh, my dear wife recently passing, I found out how just important she was to me at home. Um, I have to do everything myself now. You've got to make the bed and wash the dishes. You can sweep the floor. You've got to do the laundry. <laughs> you know, so take care of your, your wife, your husbands, because she's very valuable, very valuable. You want to, want to take care of her. Um, and then, of course, um, he says, which labored with me in the gospel. These women were actually laboring with him in the gospel. In the gospel. See... That's, there's many things that can be done to help, to help. And uh, these women were, were helping. And uh, with Clement also, he, mention, he mentions here. And with other yoke fellows, there were, there were many. Uh, this church at Philippi was an industrious church, evidently, and, and able to help and work together and to serve together. Well, that's a good church, isn't it? To have a church that's laboring together. Serving together, helping one another, willing to do things in the background if necessary. Anything that I can do, I'll, I'll do if I can somehow help the, the cause of Christ. In the gospel, he says. And note this one, whose names are in the book of life. The book of life. Well, that's a pretty special book, you know that book of life. In Revelation chapter 20, it mentions that book. Those people whose names are not written in the book of life end up in a very hot place. But those whose names are written in the book of life come to a relationship, to know a relationship with the Savior that quite unlike we perhaps could ever imagine because we will be with him and we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. You see? And so when he mentions that, it's kind of packed with information, that phrase, whose names are in the book of life. You see? Now, I trust that each one of you know that your name is written down in the book of life. It's a very important book. You want to make sure your autograph is in that one. You, you may miss some of the other, uh, other books, you know, uh, that have the, the prominent places where people write their names, but that one you want to make sure your name is written in. And how do you do that? You just come to Jesus. You come to Jesus. You believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. You trust in Him because... He's the only name given under heaven whereby we can be saved. The only name. So if you name that name, he'll write your name in the book of life. 
And these that Paul was talking about, uh, these women and Clement and those who were true yoke fellows and those who were fellow laborers, their names were in the book of life. And then he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Okay, here's the phrase again, isn't it? In the Lord. In the Lord. So, we have that phrase in verse 4, stand fast in the Lord. And then we have the phrase in verse 2, be of the same mind in the Lord. And now in verse 4, we have it again, rejoice in the Lord. Well, three times the phrase is being used. It should be getting through to us right about now that it's in the Lord that counts. That's what counts. If we are going to be the believers that God wants us to be, if we're going to be Christians to serve the Lord, that's where it has to be, in the Lord. And that's what he says. And here it is rejoice. Stand fast, be of the same mind, and rejoice. We just kind of summarize it a little bit more. Stand fast, be of the same mind, and rejoice in the Lord. You see? So that's where the kind of everything comes together. Everything comes together is in the Lord. And that's what he begins to impress upon the Philippian believers. He says, Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. So, the idea of moderation is gentleness or forbearance. Gentleness or forbearance. Well, if something is kind of moderate, it isn't extreme, is it? Or, or any kind of, any, on the other end, it isn't, it isn't without some significance. Moderation is kind of in between, you might say. And it's a, it's a kind of gentleness and forbearance that we are willing to have and demonstrate. Oh, the foot is just a foot. Don't worry about that. You see? There's a certain amount of gentleness and forbearance about that. Don't get upset over the foot. The foot will be okay in a few days. <laughs> so we, we need that gentleness and forbearance in our Christian lives. In the Lord, you see. We, we, do, we need that. And so he encourages them. The, why? Because the Lord is at hand. Now, does he mean here that, that the Lord is coming? Well, that is true. The Lord is coming. Does he mean that, that he, would, he would come almost immediately? Well, he could come at any time. But doesn't it also mean that the Lord is with you every single day and is there for you to trust in him? The Lord is at hand. The, the Lord is available. If you're trusting in the Lord, if, if, if you are in the Lord desiring that you would remain firm and true to Him, steadfast, if you're trusting in the Lord that you're of the same mind, 
if you are trusting in the Lord to have a true heart of rejoicing, why? Because Jesus is a real part of your life. He is, He is in you. In Colossians it says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, I thought Christ went back to heaven. Well, He did. But as Christ is the Son of God, He is omnipresent. Isn't He? He's everywhere present in you. In His Word, through the Spirit of God, He is present in you. Christ in you. The hope of glory. You see, you, your hope is in Christ and Christ has said that He will securely deliver you because your name is in the book of life. Christ is at hand. He is, he is available to you in your life. And so he says, let your moderation be known unto all men, the Lord is at hand. Verse 6, be careful for nothing, and in this sense, he says, he's really saying, don't be anxious. I mean, when you think about being careful for something, you, you take particular notice of it, and you're, all, you're kind of fretting over something. Oh, maybe you've got a cake in the oven. Well, you're watching the clock. You don't want that cake to burn. You just put all those ingredients in it, and you're pretty anxious. You say, oh, is that cake done yet? Oh, it's not quite time to take it out yet. You keep watching, keep watching, keep watching. You're kind of anxious over that. But when it comes to in the Lord, we don't have to be anxious if we are in the Lord. Why? Because God is the one who gives us peace. He is the one who gives us peace. And so we don't have to be anxious. Be careful for nothing. If you're in the Lord, if you're serving the Lord, if you're doing all these things in Christ, what does he say? If you, if you happen to really want to pay particular notice to something, pray. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So, we need to pray. You might consider that just kind of general prayer. We might supplicate. That's when you entreat the Lord on your particular benefit or, or need that you have to bring supplications unto the Lord. Uh, and then giving thanks. Give thanks in all things, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. You see, we need all of these areas of, of prayer to avoid an anxious spirit that kind of quenches the in the Lord viewpoint, you see. So as long as we're praying, as long as we're supplicating the Lord about our particular needs, as long as we're giving thanks to the Lord, it says, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We've arrived at the peace. 
that God intends that will completely neutralize any anxiousness. Now, I'll be the first one to say you have to work at this <laughs> a little. Practice makes perfect type of thing. You know, have you ever felt like not praying? <laughs> well, a good thing to do is to just pray anyway. <laughs> because if you just just keep praying, you know, it will it will help you to get back on track with the Lord. Even though you perhaps are full of anxiety and don't know quite what to do about something. Just pray anyway. Even if it's a short prayer, just pray anyway. You ever sat down to the table and, and you, well, I don't have time to pray, I'm in a hurry, I've got to eat this sandwich and run. Just pray anyway. It only takes two seconds to, to give thanks to the Lord. Just pray anyway. You know somebody that's sick and, and you don't know how to help them or anything? Just pray for them anyway. I mean, you, say, you might think to yourself, well, the Lord, I don't know what the Lord's going to do, but I don't, I don't know. I'm all, I'm all upset about this. I don't know how to deal with the issue. Just pray anyway. Just pray. You know, the, one, the wonderful thing about prayer is God knows you. And even if you don't say it exactly right, it's okay. Because He gets the message anyhow. He knows. Well, I'll just summarize all of this and say this. Stay in the Lord. Stay in the Lord. You know, let the other kind of things kind of... You're going to have those circumstances. You're going to have those troubles. You're going to have the erodiosynthetic situation occasionally. You're going to feel unsteady and not too steadfast. You're going to say, I think about everything except the mind of Christ. You're going to have all that kind of stuff going on. But as long as you stay in the Lord, in the Lord, keep coming back to Christ. He's the central thing in your life. You are to be Christocentric. Christ is just at the center. And if you do that, this appeal to unity and to steadfastness for you will be a no-brainer. You'll be just fine. You'll be just fine. Shall we pray? Loving Father, just thank you, Father, for your love and grace and mercies to us, for the blessings you give, for all that you do in our lives through Christ our Lord, because Christ truly is at the center of our very being. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, for our closing hymn, 271.